Welcome to the podcast, Chronicles of a Contagion, a collection of stories capturing the individual experiences of people as they navigate life during the COVID-19 global pandemic. I'm Stephanie Gaudet, an associate professor at Concordia University, Wisconsin, and a believer in the incredible power of stories to shape the worlds that we live in. If you have a story you'd like to add to this archive, please contact me at stephanie.gaday at gmail.com. S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E dot G-U-E-D-E-T at gmail.com. So today we have a special guest with us um, from the great city of Milwaukee. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, um, what you do, uh, and remember, no names. (laughs) Oh, no names? Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To protect protect the innocent. (laughs) All right. So I'm a student. Mm -hmm. I go to Concordia University mm-hmm. and right now I'm studying um, pre-law. I work at a pharmacy. I'm a technician mm-hmm. and I don't know my hobbies are playing video games. Ooh, nice. Well, you're getting some good time for that right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> More than you probably bargained for. <laughs> yeah. Trying to uh, find new ways to keep entertained. Yeah. What else besides video games have you been doing? Oh, nice. You've been writing. Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Are you writing? um, I've had it for a long time. Like handwriting or do you type it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have your diary there with you? Would you read us anything from it? Yeah. Okay. That'd be amazing. Um, sure. I'm going off script here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Oh, I'll just read you one of my I would love most that. recent entries. Okay. <laughs> so it's day whatever now in the coronavirus pandemic. And I'm starting to get very frustrating. Being at home is causing a lot of tension between me and my family because we've never had this much time together. We're finding new ways and new and learning new things about each other and how to adjust to living. It's definitely not a situation I ever thought that I would see in my lifetime. And I've definitely mm. been questioning God as if this was the end. And if this is the end, what am I supposed to do? What is the next direction I should go and what's the precautions I should take to ensure my safety and to protect myself? As I ponder these thoughts and I wonder, I have a hard time sharing them with friends because they don't really understand. I don't know if this is because I'm more mature or because they just don't believe. I've been struggling with these thoughts and I will continue to think about them and let Mm. you know what I conclude. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's very powerful. One of the questions I thought about asking um, 
it, you know, for these interviews was on the concept of faith and how this has uh, either challenged that or strengthened it or changed it or uh, kind of the role of, of faith in your life and, and what you're finding. That's fascinating. Have you been, um, have you been writing in your journal every day or in your diary? Um, it's not really every day. It's like when major events happen in my life, mm-hmm. then I like, well, yeah. Uh, so like that's that, going to be the thing that sparked that was like me and my boyfriend, I was trying to talk to him about mm-hmm. it. And he was kind of just like brushing it off, like joking about it. Like, yeah, it's not really the end, blah, blah, blah. But you know, now that I have a lot of free time, like I really been analyzing like revelations and just going through it like it's a lot of stuff that a lot of my like close peers and people that I'm really close with in the church have been talking about like these are the times that we were you know supposed to be warned about so like I've really been getting into it and I just haven't had anyone Mm -hmm. to talk about those thoughts interesting well writing is a good way to share that yes I'm happy I'm happy to hear that as your writing teacher (laughs) (laughs) uh Speaking of your writing teacher, I'm going to jump to to our question I usually ask later in the interview, but can you talk a little bit about the project that you're doing uh, currently uh, for class as this uh, Chronicles of a Contagion digital archive? It's pretty exciting. Oh, yes. I'm very happy about this project because it's right up my alley. It's a, I'm doing a podcast <laughs> as well, and my podcast is about the people who are working during the pandemic and the people who were, were also laid off during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited because I have a lot of good and responses from everyone just talking about like so to get laid off, like you know, some people are like very frustrated by that because that's the only their means of living, so they're very concerned. And a lot right. of people working through the pandemic They just feel like people don't have concern for their safety Mm -hmm. by taking non-essential trips and they're constantly, you know, going out because they want to have that freedom. Mm -hmm. But having that freedom is now putting me at risk because I don't know, you know, where you've been. So it's been nice to hear. Oh, that's fascinating. I know I've really loved doing my uh, podcast for that very same reason, but I love that focus that you have. I think that's really powerful. Uh, are you mostly focusing, are the people you're talking to local? Are they, uh, Milwaukee people? Yeah. hmm Yeah. Great. Uh, well, one ex- is from Madison. Mm-hmm. They got sent back from school. Mm. Are you working right now? You are at the pharmacy right now? Yeah. 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 So that's considered uh, obviously essential. Do you have to wear a mask or what are you seeing there? We um we didn't have we don't have to wear a mask and we didn't have any mask available to us until mm-hmm. about a week ago. They've just got a mask and like we've all been sharing one big bottle of sanitizer. Right. But it's gotten to the point where like any type of cleaning supplies that come in, we're no longer allowed to sell. Like it's deemed only essential to the store. So we're not getting anything that we can sell because it all gets sold out right away. Wow. But it is very very scary because People don't understand the precautions that we're taking, like standing six feet away. Like they get upset. Like, why do we have to stand six feet away? And like, it's just been hard because they're not understanding. Like, it's a risk that you're putting everyone at. 
Mm-hmm. What do you think is causing that um, inability to understand? Do you think that's that they don't have the information? I think it's just the thing that I think it's the freedom that people mm-hmm. really just are having a problem with. Like, how can you tell me to stay inside? Like, they don't understand. Mm-hmm. that even though they may not have it they can be a carrier of the disease mm-hmm. like they think like well I don't have it I know that I'm healthy so why should I have to mm-hmm. be on court I feel like that's the part where they're not understanding they feel like they're right. trying to get their freedom taken away and that's not necessarily what's happening mm-hmm. yeah I think that's even I, I was listening to a story a news story this morning just even on the increased danger of living in a city, you know, and living in um, more dense populations. And I think it becomes even more urgent for us that are living in the city of Milwaukee and uh, where it's, you know, a little bit, you have to actually work to keep yourself away from people. And, you know, if you're not in your house, I think you've touched a little bit on this, but in what ways has your life changed uh, since the outbreak? It has changed actually in a lot now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a lot less times hanging out with like friends and even my boyfriend, like my mom, like only lets him come over like certain days. And that's another thing. So my mom has underlying um, health conditions. And so she's very um, nervous. She actually recently had to go to the ER because in the emergency room because she was suffering from anxiety like the virus was oh, causing wow. so much anxiety that she had to go to the emergency room oh I hate that I'm so sorry yeah so it's like I'm having to take extra precautions because it's not just me it's my mother mm-hmm. that she's really scared for it. so it has mm-hmm. been really weird adjusting and like I go to the store a lot for like her and for the family, and it's just, it feels weird. Along mm-hmm. with online school, it's so hard keeping up with, like, all the emails and, like, all the busy work. Like, a lot of my teachers have given me busy work. Mm-hmm. So it's been really hard. Like, you know, they think because, oh, you're just sitting at home, you have nothing to do. But, <laughs> you know, that's not really the case. Like, mm-hmm. so there's mm-hmm. stuff to do. It's just, it's just hard, but... It's definitely eye-opening. I will say that I appreciate it because it's given me more time to reflect on my life before Mm -hmm. the virus. And now, like, I can see, like, clearly um, some things I was doing wrong, some things I was doing right, and how Mm -hmm. when things do go back to normal, how I personally want to change. Oh, I love that. And that's actually one of the questions that I have. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about that? Share any so, of those examples with us? Yeah, I really can. So um, before the virus, like in the summertime, I seem to like do really well, like staying, you know, consistent, going to church and praying. But like, it's like a lot of time in school, when mm-hmm. school starts back up, I get very busy and like work and I get stressed out and it's just a lot of other stuff. And I mm-hmm. spend less time, like really getting in, like getting into the word and like, speaking mm-hmm. with God, having that personal relationship with him. And so, like, now that the virus happened, I've been reading, like, daily devotions, you know, turning to him to get through this. And I feel really guilty about it. So I know that, like, 
when things go back to normal, I don't want me to stop doing what I'm doing because that's not yeah. how I want my relationship with God to be. And mm-hmm. on top of that, I realized how sometimes, a lot of times we were not thankful or unappreciative of like all these essential workers. Like you look at the places that oh, yeah. A lot of people say like, oh, that's just a grocery store clerk or that's just a fast food worker. But now those are the people whose jobs are essential, not the people who right. sit behind the desk every day. Like, mm-hmm. So, you know, you treat those people with those type of jobs as less and that's not the case. Like everyone's mm-hmm. job is very much equal. They all play a role in society. And so they yeah. should be appreciated as well. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I think that's really... I think that's really something to hold on to and remember what the definition of essential really means. Yeah. And I think about the people who don't have the ability to stay home. They don't have that, uh, the kind of job, the kind of privilege, the kind of whatever to be able to keep safe. And uh, yeah, I mean, besides, like you said, besides our healthcare workers, just the people who are um, in the restaurants, in the, uh Yeah in the pharmacies and yeah, that's great. Uh, What are some new routines or events or rituals, something, maybe even something with your family or uh, you said you've talked a lot about incorporating a, you know, a more conscious uh, time to spend with your faith uh, with devotions or whatever, but are there any other things that you've added into your, your daily routine? Um, more hand washing. I would say that's for sure. <laughs> and sanitizing. <laughs> a yes. lot more. Like, yes. after everything, like, you know, can you run outside to the car and grab this? Come back in, have to wash my hands. Like, mm-hmm. after everything. You since the grocery store, come in, wash your hands. Like, as soon as I come in the house, my first thought is wash your hands. Yeah. But, like, before I might come in the house, I'll wash my hands, but, like, you know, I might touch a few things and or sit down for a second and then, you know. But, no, as soon as I come in, take off, take off those outside clothes, wash your mm-hmm. hands. Like, just very, very mm-hmm. precautious now. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit about who's all in your house. You said that you've, you know, in your journal entry there, you referenced more family time than normal. Who, um, and your, you mentioned your mom, do you have siblings that are at home with you? Yeah, so it's me, my mom, my dad. I have a younger brother who's only like three years younger than me. And I have mm-hmm. an older brother who's moved out, but he comes back every day. Mm-hmm. So um, now that, you know, as we go further along, a lot of the playing the game or stuff, that starts to get boring. So we try and play like board games and stuff, but it causes a lot of arguments. Because we don't have that much family time before the virus. So now we spend all this time together. It's starting to annoy each other a lot. Of course. That's really funny. I read uh, one of your colleagues' um, responses today, a journal response, and they mentioned the board games and then the arguments. (laughs) (laughs) Those two things must go hand in hand. Of yes. course they do. Especially when you have a very competitive family. Oh, like, yes. My dad is a sore loser. <laughs> so it's been very hard. And like they made, my mom is making it mandatory that we play board games every day. So 
I just wonder, I got a real good dose of thinking about moms again in that, that journal entry I had sent out that extra credit option to you all about how uh, life is like you're back in high school. And it was just really interesting to read people's, uh, what their mothers are <laughs> doing. Yes. I felt, yeah. Yes. Can you think of any moments you want to note or share with us that you that have really stood out to you uh, or surprised you, good or bad, just, you know, where you were like, wow, that is, this is really something, or this is really different, or I'm not used to seeing that? Um, just something that really stood out to me was actually something I had seen over the internet. So uh, Amazon delivery driver, Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a person had a note on their door saying that their daughter had underlying conditions, so to please, you know, just drop the box off. Mm-hmm. And he actually went into his truck and sanitized the entire box for the girl. Oh wow! And her, and her family. And so I thought mm-hmm. that was like, wow! Like you know, you took the extra time out your day. Yeah. You knew mm-hmm. that she had an underlying condition, and you sanitized that box for her just to like an extra layer of protection because you don't mm-hmm. know where it came from like I feel like that was really like sweet and generous and just seeing everyone do all these random acts of kindness and mm-hmm. like be more kind it's really like nice to see that mm-hmm. and that's like what's really been standing out to me throughout this whole thing yeah yeah I love that uh I I've been touched by that as well and um and that those are the moments that keep me going uh, when you feel very isolated. And those are the moments that make you feel connected to something bigger and better. What is your biggest hope right now? My biggest hope is honestly that they find some type of cure or some way to really contain it. So we can get back to mm-hmm. our everyday lives. Like, it's been so hard, like, the adjusting, but now I know it's going to be even harder to adjust back. Mm-hmm. So I'm ready to, like, get it going. I'm not a person that likes to sit for too long. I'm ready to <laughs> go to the park. Yes. All the parks are shut down. Yeah. I'm ready to go to the park and go have fun. And I had, before this happened, I had gotten to a new hobby, which was laser tagging. Oh, wow. But now I can't go. So. Yeah. No, I'm really ready to go back and do that. That's yeah. what I'm excited for that. Yeah, that is cool. And it's now we're start, not quite yet, but start getting into a little bit warmer weather, which in, of course, Milwaukee means festivals. Um, that's what I'm really anxious to be doing. And, you know, when it gets summertime, the beach and uh, being able to go to those places around the city that we love. Uh, so that's that's amazing. What's your biggest fear? Um, my biggest fear is that this lasts way longer mm-hmm. than it's already anticipated and that it causes some type of hole in the economy that makes it very hard to come back from. Like, my biggest fear is just the worst, you know, that everyone's thinking. Like, you know, like what what happens if we don't find a cure? Like, we can't just go back to our regular lives. Like, right. It's going to, like, what happens next? Like, I'm scared of what's the next step mm-hmm. for however long this takes. Yeah, I I hear you. I'm scared for what it means for school. Um, yeah, 
something I was thinking about as I think about your future and your uh, desire to study law, as well as I know a lot of the projects and the work that you've done so far, even for me, looking at society and justice, um, how do you imagine that this experience will impact the way that you uh, practice law or think about law? I think that it will impact it on the scale of like understanding like this puts everyone on the level playing field, you know, like the virus mm-hmm. can't like there's no nationality or there's no age or there's no person that can't get it. Like, and this is how, like, I always think so. Like it's perfect for me. Like the virus just helps put an understanding on that. Like we're all in this together. And when you mm-hmm. get people to realize that we're all in this together and I feel like it will bring more, like, community and, and better environments. And I hope that this unites, like, everyone to see, like, you know, it, like, everyone has been affected by this. And it's kind of hard to see, you know, like, how people have actually been discriminating through this. Like, you know, how a lot of people have been, like, very, sorry to say, racist, like, towards mm-hmm. Asians. And mm-hmm. the people that's over there, they the black people that's over there have been, receiving a lot of racism as well. So I hope people realize that we can't blame this on one nationality. Mm-hmm. Like This is something that we all are going through together. and We just have to finally unite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, I Yeah, I've been really uh, paying attention, especially in the cities, at the uh, discrepancy between um, who who is more susceptible and who isn't. And I think it puts another spotlight on, uh, the inequalities, you know, Milwaukee is a perfect place to look at that. There was a really great story the other day I read, uh, by the race reporter from UWM, I think, um, that was talking about how Milwaukee as it has its, uh, its reputation for being one of the most or the most segregated city, you know, how that's, we're really seeing that play out in the way that the cases in of COVID-19 are uh, developing. Yeah. So hopefully it's another way of noting and seeing, you know, being able to visually see that, uh, bringing it into the light, into attention or attention. What else would you like to share? Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Um, I like to say that what has been really annoying during this whole thing is the people who go to the stores and like pretend cough. That has been very irritating. Or the who is doing that? What kind like, of it's been a lot clown of is doing that? Yes, it's been a lot of people like at the store just coughing for no reason or making videos coughing on stuff like that has been so irritating that is irritating i hope if we all learn one thing is to not be that annoying especially during (laughs) something so serious i mean that is really pathetic i'm sorry i'm laughing but that just (laughs) i i just don't even i don't even know Oh, I, I find myself getting very frustrated with people's choices. And I, you know, then I try to tell myself, look, you can't control anyone, you know, in their choices and what they're doing and, uh, you know, police them. For example, on Easter, 
my next, the woman who lives next door had uh, people over in the backyard and not a lot, but I'm like, what are you doing? You know, it makes <laughs> me feel like, well, I want to be with my family and I'm not with my family. So hopefully this all ends before people get too, uh, too irritated with each other. But again, coughing on things that yes. that's ridiculous. Well, I uh, really appreciate your time today, and I'm very excited to uh, hear your own project. Uh, do you have any interviews lined up coming up here? Yeah, I actually do. I have a few that okay. I'm very excited for. Okay. Um, and these are people with, like, jobs that are essential and they're, they're not in the public mm-hmm. eye or, like, people mm-hmm. who've been laid off with no type of payment who's yeah. not receiving like unemployment like I'm very excited to hear what they have to say um because I want people to understand like being essential is just as bad as being non-essential like every, it's just as bad everywhere like, we're all going through this together but I want them to see like you know other people's point of view mm-hmm. instead of getting so frustrated like you know a lot of people have gotten frustrated saying well at least you know those people have a job Hmm. but at what cost yeah so i'm very excited to point like prove that point and show showcase mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. i love that um and i love the fact that you're using stories to do that i just think that's uh, that's my favorite part about the project i'm doing here with all of you and uh your projects is the idea that it's rather than just making you know big these statements we get to actually hear what is going on in people's lives and i think that I'm excited to see how your uh, work is going to contribute to that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 